You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Praise the Lord. Amen. I got some things I want to give away this morning. A few coffee mugs. How many people love coffee? How many of y'all drink Folgers or like Maxwell House every morning? Raise your hand. Shame on you, dear Lord. Father, deliver them this morning in Jesus' name. Um, let's see, who's had, who, anybody have a birthday today? Really? Right back there? Here, uh, Maddie, will you help? Raise, keep your hand raised. Yeah, awesome. Happy birthday. Does anyone else have a birthday today? <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. I mean, my birthday's Friday, but, you know, I'm not trying to tell everyone. Okay. Not trying to make it a big deal or anything. <laughs> Has anybody else had a birthday this week? This past week? Who? Who, who are y'all pointing at? With the baby? Here. Is it Bri- Brianna, right? Brianna? Right over there? Okay, yeah. Awesome. <sighs> okay, this is working out pretty well for me. Um, all right, I need, uh, let's see here. Um, is there a teenager, a teenage girl that's had a birthday recently? Right here, the one they're pointing at and that's hiding. Give her that. Hey, by the way, we do have these sweatshirts and stuff for sale for $3,000 at the welcome desk. All the proceeds go to vacations for the staff. Just kidding. <laughs> That's all a joke, actually. Um, but no, we just have just some of our merch. Just want to show you this way. I'm giving some of this stuff away today, guys. There's, they're actually, yeah, look, Maddie's wearing it right now. Boom. There you go. Yeah. So anyways, um, this, is a, this is an XL. Huh. This is going to be awkward, right? Now I've got to pick somebody out that could fit this, right? <laughs> right? Maybe if you can think you could fit this XL and you've had a birthday in the last week. Raise your hand. Next week, go, there you go, sweet. I realized that that was probably not the best idea when I started doing that. Hey, I want to talk to you guys just really quickly. If we could cut that music, I'd appreciate it. Uh, just about a few resources that we have. So if you go to the welcome desk, which is right out here, we have these, if you need to get water baptized, we made these little cards. Pastor Faith made these little cards that explain water baptism. Or maybe you have a friend here that needs to get water baptized, and you're like, I don't really know how to explain this to them as well as I need to. Go to the welcome desk, grab one of these blue cards. Also has a little QR code that will take them to sign up online. Um, so this is the way to do it. You need to get water baptized, go to the welcome desk, grab one of these cards, and it'll explain Uh, You know, what happens at water baptism? What is water baptism? Why do I need to be baptized? All of those things are right here. It's a great resource, all right? Also, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're like, hey, I I grew up Baptist or I grew up at a church that doesn't really talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, and you're like, I don't really understand all of that or I still would like some more understanding. We have a, uh, these little cards as well. They say the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It also has a QR code on the back that will take you to Robert Morris's uh, video series called The God I Never Knew. I would highly recommend it. We've seen multiple people receive their prayer language after watching these teachings. And I simply, I don't think it's just because of the teachings. I simply, uh, I think a lot of people need to understand that it's not a charismatic thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a the Father's house thing. It's a Bible thing. And I think when a lot of people see that themselves in the word of God, they finally have faith for it and they step out and receive. Um, So um, if if you're actually gonna read this, do not take this if you're not going to. This is the book that God I never knew. It's about the Holy Spirit. I highly recommend it. We have this at the welcome desk. If you've had a birthday, once again, let's just stay with birthdays. If you have a birthday, how about if you had a birthday in the next following week and you want this book, raise your hand. And you want the book. <laughs> 
they want the book for her. So I don't, <laughs> I guess she's like, I'm not gonna read that book. But whatever, that's fine. Give it away. Um, also, if you've been saved recently, these are books, the, all this stuff we have, and I'm showing you this morning is stuff that's at the welcome desk every single week, okay? Um, this is a new believer's book. If you've been born again recently, or maybe you've never done a basic Bible study in your life since you've been saved, you need this. You need this. So maybe if you've given your life to Jesus recently and you don't have this, raise your hand. Don't be scared. Come on now. I know you're in this room. I know you're here. All right. Boom. Come on, man. Let's go. Awesome. Come on. Give it up for him. Praise the Lord. Come on. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Uh, this is one of my favorite books. It's called, And David Perceived He Was King. Um, it's all about identity in Christ. It's, it's a really awesome book. I feel like actually I'm going to give this a mic rud. Will you give that to him? Boom. This is a new book we have at the welcome desk. So y'all might be thinking, why do you have these books? By the way, none of us wrote any of this. We don't make any money off any of this, if you're wondering. Um, these are just books, and they're resources. Somebody say resources. These are resources. Our job as pastors is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Our, our mission is to build the family. And, and these books we've chosen because they, um, they, they help go with our culture and what we're trying to impart to you. These books are about identity, about who you are in Christ, which you hear all the time from the pulpit about being sons and daughters. These books are just excellent reads on those topics. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, it's stuff we want you to grow in. So that's why we carry these books. Um, so this is called Living Fearless. This is an absolutely amazing book. These are new at the Welcome Desk by a guy named Jamie Winship. Um, just incredible. I don't know if y'all were here when I told that story of the blue ribbon. Raise your hand if you remember me talking about that. That came from this guy's ministry and their prayer ministry and stuff they do. Um, I want to give this to Ryan's brother. I'm sorry I don't know your name, dude. Forgive me. Right there. He looks like Ryan. He's sitting beside Craig. Craig. Boom. And I do want to take this moment to go ahead and say that the Cowboys are still the greatest football team that's ever played the game. <laughs> and all five of my, that's right, all right. Um, Purple Book, we have this book all the time. Okay, so this book is free. The New Believers book is free. The cards are all free. The other books, we just buy them and we don't make money off them. Um, but if these books, this is free. This is a Bible study. This is a deeper Bible study. If you want to get, let me say this. You need to know the Bible. Not if you want to know the Bible. You need to get in the Word. And so we have these resources for 2023 to be a year of you growing with the Lord. Um, if somebody wants this, Bible said, raise your hand real quickly. Boom, I saw Jeremy first. Sorry. Awesome. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. Isn't it a good day to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It's not as cold as it has been which is nice. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm hating the cold worse and worse the more it gets colder. Um, let's see what time it is. All right, I've got about two hours. Glory to God. Um, so, welcome to the Father's house. If this is your first time here, we're honored to have you guys. If you've been coming here a little while, we have a thing called the journey. Somebody say the journey. How many of you know that you're on a journey with Jesus? Amen. And so our, our journey is your next steps, it's your first steps of joining the church. If you want to get involved and you want to start serving and be a part of our dream team, which by the way, our dream team celebration is tonight at 6 p.m. If you want to be a part of our dream team, your first steps is the journey. At the journey, you will learn about who our church is, what we believe, where the vision came from. I will be there leading that first class. And then you'll also learn about who you are and who God has created you to be and what gifts that you have to give to the body, not just to this church, but for the kingdom of God. Amen. So you can sign up. Our next journey is in March. You can sign up at the Welcome Desk, the Church Center app. Once again, we can't say it enough. The Church Center app has everything you need. Also, today is an exciting day. Today is the day to sign up for small groups. About, come on, about 10 of you. There we go. Sign up for small groups. So they'll be in the foyer on your way out. You can sign up for small groups. Actually, what I'll be preaching on today. Um, yeah, so let's, let's pray before I just get going here. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much um, that you are reintroducing yourself to the church as a, as a father and not just as a judge and not just as the one who provides the right religion, but you are the father and we are your sons and daughters. 
Father, I thank you um, for speaking through me this morning that you would give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, I thank you that we just release all striving and any type of uh, performance or earning off of me in this pulpit in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just say, have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and do what you wanna do in Jesus' name. Amen? You know what's funny is a lot of times people think unless... um, we have, this, we have this misunderstanding of what it means for God to move on a Sunday morning service. Our real charismatics, we get in this weird place of like, unless God takes over and the worship goes longer and something happens, then God didn't really move. I'm here to tell you that the word of God being preached is just as valuable as the time in worship and maybe even more actually. Because that's when people actually get equipped, renew their minds and their lives will be changed. Amen. If, I'm just gonna, I'll move on. But we got, we got to keep, I, I, you know what I love about Bethel Church? Some people don't like Bethel. Bethel's one of the most kind of wild, charismatic places. But if you go there, they have their worship, they have their announcements, they have their offering, they have their message, no matter when it happens. You know what I mean? Because there's no, there's no part of this service less valuable than the others. Amen? Amen. All right, I'll move on. So here recently I started thinking about uh, spiritual disciplines. And I started, this thought came to me about like, man, why is it so difficult to get people to like read the Bible? Why is it so difficult? Can we all just be real this morning? Why is it so difficult to like spend time in prayer? Like why is that so hard for the church to open our, to do the, to do the New Believers book? I could probably count on both hands how many people have done that book in five years. You see what I'm saying? Why is that? Well, I could, I could count less amount of hands probably on how many people have done the purple book. And I started thinking, like, why is it that we, these things that we need, like reading the word and prayer and worship and community and fellowship with other believers and small groups and smaller settings and tithing, why is it that we, we struggle with doing these things so much? And I felt the Lord say that it's like people, uh, it's in a sense, like, it's like I talked about last week. It's like, well, do I have to do that really? Do I have to read the Bible every morning on my devotional and every single day I have to do a, go through the Bible year? And I, Am I going to go to hell if I don't? And I think that is a very, very immature way to think. That is honestly, that's how my children act and say to me, do I have to? Do I have to turn the TV off at 1 a.m.? Yes. <laughs> Right? Do I have to? Do I have to do these things? And I started to think that for some reason we've made when you make Christianity all about your destination when you die, you won't seem to care about the spiritual disciplines as much on the earth. Thank you. I will. Maybe I'll try to say it better. I started thinking that we have this mentality about our Christianity is all about just where we go when we die. And since it's like that, we think, well, if I don't read my Bible, is it really going to send me to hell? Instead of realizing that the kingdom of God, it was not about Jesus just coming to evacuate you to heaven. It was about Christ in you, the hope of glory, that you would go there for and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all the commands I have. It's actually to invade the darkness. And in order to invade the darkness, we got to have spiritual disciplines. We, we need these things to be effective to, to continue the mission of Jesus, we need these things. But if you just want to worry about yourself and just basically wait to go to heaven, per se, then you're thinking, well, I don't really need to go to small group. I don't really need to read the Bible. I don't really have to tithe to do these things. And let me tell you this. It's a dangerous place to walk on that line. You know, some people disagree with this, and that's okay, but we're like, oh, can we lose our salvation? And I would say, no, you can't lose it in the sense of, of like, losing your keys, like, oh, I lost my keys earlier. I'm going to lose. Oh, I lost my salvation this morning. But I believe that you can forfeit it. And when you forfeit it, that comes from a life of you just walking that line as close as you get to the world instead of doing the opposite and walking as close as you can get to the Lord. And it's a dangerous game to play, this, this whole idea of do I have to? What type of relationship do you want your kids to have with Jesus is the question. 
Do you want them to have a religious relationship? I'm telling to tell you, religion in itself, just showing up to church and not trying your best not to cuss and smoke cigarettes and still being a grumpy person and mean to your family, that will create two things, rebellion or just self-righteousness. It will push your kids away from church or it will push them into things. We're, we're the ones who follow all the rules that everybody else doesn't. You see what I'm saying? So we need, on the topic this morning of community, I'll stay in this place. I want to talk simply about why do we need community? Why do we need smaller groups? And I'm not saying that every single person has to be in a, one of our small groups, but I am saying you need a smaller group. <laughs> Even if it's one person that you have to talk to and be real with, you need that. And the Lord started speaking to me a couple weeks ago. He said, Mike, as the Father's house grows and gets bigger, you have to prioritize making the church smaller. And he said, Mike, you got to make the church smaller. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? He's like, you have to, in order to be a healthy home for the city, in order to truly stay healthy, we have to get in smaller settings throughout the week and throughout our lives. You have to. You will not experience the growth. There's, a, there's an old saying, people don't do what you expect, they do what you inspect. Isn't that good? How many of you ever had a job and you just knew that the manager was never gonna come behind you and never really gonna look at what you're doing? You might have been a really good worker, but you, you seem to slack off just a little bit, you know? Because you know no one's ever actually gonna come behind you and actually look at it anyways. But if you know that someone is going to come behind you and they're going to check that morning, best believe you're doing it properly. And how many of you know that's a good thing? It's a good thing that I check my son's phone. It's a good thing that, it's, that he knows that I'm going to check how he cleaned the kitchen. Because how many of you know when I don't check, <laughs> there's some things unfinished. It's funny, my son, I love him to death. He's not here. He's like a token man already. He leaves like all the cabinet doors open. All the drawers wide open. It's pretty funny. But the Lord's saying, we gotta make the church smaller. So we gotta get past this attitude of, do I have to do these things? Will I go to hell? And start to see that these are things the Bible commands us to do, the Bible invites us to do, and there's actually something that you're missing from your life if you don't have it. Amen? Well, I don't have to go around people. You're right. You ready? You're right. You don't have to. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It doesn't mean there isn't benefits of these things. I, don't, I love when people say, well, I don't have to go to church on Sunday mornings. Jesus is my shepherd. Oh, wow. Well, the Bible actually would say that he's given leaders, that Jesus actually gave you leaders. What do you do with that? I don't have to do this. Well, the Bible would say also in Hebrews, do not neglect meeting together as some do. Right? Well, I don't know about you, but when I come here, I'm not just here to give, I'm here to receive. And I get to receive from just seeing some of you and seeing, some of, seeing God touch some of you and seeing, just seeing that you're still, some of you, that you're still walking with Jesus and you're still pressing in. It's encouraging to me, amen? So we gotta get past this idea, will I go to hell, all right? And we gotta start thinking like maybe, like what are some lies that we're believing about getting in smaller groups? Oh, it's pointless. I've been in a small group before. It was a waste of time. My goodness. I'll try another one. Keep going. Venture out, amen? In Acts 2, 42 through 47, I'm going to start in verse 45. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So you notice it was two, Right? They also, they met in the temple and they also met in their homes. So it's not one or the other. There's, there's a place for corporate gatherings and corporate worship and there's absolutely a place. Actually in the Bible, with Jesus, you would, you would see kind of these four settings, if I could get your attention. He had large crowds, he had a crowd of 12 and then he even made it smaller and got down to three with James, John and Peter and he would take them to do special things and then he made it smaller than that and he got alone with the Father. Not do we just need large gatherings, we need smaller gatherings, we need even more intimate gatherings, and then we also need solitude, just us and the Lord. 
just me and him. You know why most of us don't like solitude? Because we're forced, with quiet, we're forced to be with ourselves. And we're not cool with ourselves. We don't, we don't love ourselves. We notice all our problems and our issues. This is why it's important for you to see God as a loving father. Because if you don't, you won't be, want to be alone with yourself and your issues. Because you'll be thinking that he's going to shame you and guilt you into something. You'll be scared to sit quiet. Ooh, you'll be scared to sit quiet and alone with God because you think he's there just to point out, see all these things you're doing wrong? This is where you need to fix it right here. Fix it up. You'd be surprised what will happen in those moments where God, actually that song earlier, he says, you choose me all over again. There's brand new mercies every morning for me. And that just, that wrecks me. It's like, man, I, I screwed up. I was, me and my wife had an argument last night. And what does God wake me up in the morning with? A big bowl of bitterness? He gives me a big basket of mercy. And then I look at his mercy and, and, and in view of his mercy, I, I want more of him. I'm not looking at his mercy and saying, oh, sweet, I get more mercy tomorrow. I can act like an idiot today. I might need to question maybe whether or not I've really surrendered my life to Jesus if that's how I think. You know what I mean? And so, um, so we got to prioritize smaller settings. We have to make smaller groups a priority. Like I said, you gotta, you got to get alone with one or two friends. If you're not going to go to these groups, we encourage you to sign up for these groups. I encourage you to. It's a, we're creating that aspect for you. We're trying to create a culture for you to walk in. But how many of you know that you don't necessarily need a small group to get in to meet with people and to, to hold someone accountable and to love people well? So our, our goal here at the church is to build the family, and we want that to happen by in our groups. So our groups have two purposes. Number one is community. How many of you know that you can have a lot of friends with an 18-pack of Bud Light bottles? You buy a keg. I hear you over there, Daniel. I know you got a testimony. <laughs> no, y'all didn't catch that. Why is it that the world is doing a better job of community? You can get, let's just be real, you can get some weed and everybody's friends. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done drugs like that, but it'll bring everybody together. The, the cool kid, the weird kid, the emo kid, everybody will be around the weed, right? And it builds community. Let me say this to you. Our church, the Father's house, will have a better community than the bars have. And it's going to take, though, y'all ready? Y'all ready to shout after this one? It's going to take you getting out of your comfort zone. Uh-oh. Not as many amens. It's going to take me actually opening up and yes. This is why freedom is so important when we go into our freedom groups in the fall. Because how many of you know when the Bible says guard your heart, it doesn't mean that you keep people out of your life. It means guard your heart from bitterness and roots of rage and actually being hurt. That you don't you just hold up and don't let anybody in ever again. That's not what that means. It means guard your heart from unforgiveness getting in. Guard your heart from anger and rage and things getting back in. Because those things are actually what's going to defile us. And I'm not saying pour out your whole life story to just anyone. That's not what I'm saying. But you need some people. Amen? Amen. So we want to be the place that we have community. That we have the Because people, that's what lost people need. You understand? They need, a, they need an exchange, not just of their Sunday mornings. They need an exchange of their community. You know why? Because they have 100 friends that are trying to pull them back into that old community. And we need not just to have the, well, they're the small groups. No, no, no. We have you. Oh, there's a new person just going to say, but we're going to invite him to our house. And we're going to have him over for dinner. We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out. I'm going to take the responsibility to be the community that people need so desperately to have. You know why people stay sober in all these addiction places? You ready? You know why they're called community living? You know how many people can stay sober as long as they're living in community? I wonder if we've lost a lot of people in the church because of the lack of us building healthy community. And it's not to make you feel guilty. It's just this invitation God is saying, 
we got to do a better job of building community with the lost and with broken with everyone. Amen? We gotta, the church has to shift from the place that the altar becomes a place of shame and coming down for prayer is like, oh, something's wrong with me. No, this is a place of exchange. This is a place where you lay down something and God picks you up. This is a place of victory at this church. Amen? Amen. So we want uh, not only, here's the thing. This is why freedom and health is so important to us because you can't give away something that you don't have. If you just have religion, I don't want you giving that away, please. If you just have legalism, I follow all the rules correctly, but I'm still miserable. Please don't give that away. People aren't interested in that. That's why we need freedom. That's why we need wholeness so we can actually give people something that they're actually looking for and they don't even realize they're looking for it. This is what it will take for us to truly be a healthy home for the city. We get as healthy as we can, and when others do come in, we help them get there as well. We take them by the hand, not in a self-righteous way, but in a humble, gentle way. And this is what the Lord did for me. Yeah, I was screwed. Yeah, I'm still got some, I got, still got some issues, but I keep going to him. And you walk people through this process. So here's some benefits, quick benefits of some whys. Um, about why do you need um, smaller community and friendships. So number one is you have real relationships and community replaces the, Lord, the world's community. Um, so <laughs> you see a lot of young people struggle with this for sure, and even older people too, not really people in the older age, but the Bible would say that bad company corrupts good habits. Young people, anyone in this room, you're wondering why you're not as close to God as you'd like to be, or why you're not really growing like you'd like to be, because you still got a lot of bad company, bro. Ma'am, girl, sir, you still got some bad company. Well, we've been friends since I was 10, or whatever. It's, have you affected him yet, or has he been affecting you? Let's just, come on, let's take a drink this morning of what's really going on. Have I been affecting my so-called friends in my life? Am I pouring out, what's, is, what, is what is in me bleeding out on them, or is what is in them bleeding out on me? Well, we're supposed, Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus did, yes, but Jesus was God, and his whole point was it was to love on them well for them to receive him. It wasn't just the, this idea of, and I'll get into that in a moment, but we, we want to have real relationships. Small groups create not just this Sunday morning, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man, when you're really not. Small groups create an atmosphere that you can show up and actually have some pain going on in your life, actually have some hurt going on in your life, and you have brothers and sisters who will carry that with you. So the smaller groups create the opportunity for us to actually carry one another's burdens because that doesn't happen here on Sunday morning. Some, there's so many people in this room struggling right now, and some of you might not even come down for prayer, but when you get in a smaller setting and there's time for prayer, and you say, man, I'm having a hard week, you'll see the body of Christ become really close to you. People say, there's an old saying too, when, when God seems far away, his body can seem really close, but we keep separating ourselves from the body and wondering why we don't feel close to the Lord. We need each other more than you could imagine. If we didn't, he wouldn't say that we are the body, the hands, feet, the arms. You cannot say we don't need it. We need to have this place where you walk in and you're like, oh, man, I'm having a hard time and people are like, man, we love you. One of my favorite testimonies of people going through really hard times of life, showing up in our small groups and saying, man, these people just love me. They didn't shame me. They didn't make guilt trip me. They just loved me and they prayed for me and they, they stood with us. And I'm like, yes, this is what we want. Amen? So not superficial, hey, how you doing? Real family and relationships. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage one another. Listen, so many people want to be used by God. Now, raise your hand if you want to be used by God. Raise it real high. Come on, that's something we should all look forward to. I'm not talking about just being a pastor, but we get, it, we get it so twisted sometimes. You want to be used by God? Here's the easiest way for you to be used by God. You ready? Encourage someone. How many of you need encouragement? Yeah. 
we got to get past this super spiritual stuff. Just encourage someone. Just go walk with someone. Grab their hand. Pray with somebody. In these groups, it creates that time for you to say, hey, man, I love you. You're doing a good job. You're, you're pressing in. I'm proud of you. You know how much it means, especially for some men sometimes, to hear another man say, man, I'm proud of you. And let me just say it to all the men in this room. I love you. I really do. We need encouragement, especially men, because we're always weird, like, you know, we're bros. We've got to stay tough, you know, unless you get drunk, and then you're telling everybody you love them. I spoke to, that just showed me who a lot of you were right there. It was more of the congregation than less. <laughs> but in these small groups, how many of you know that life events happen, Right? You get sick, you have a baby, all this kind of stuff. How many of you know that we can't know what's all going on, but when you're in those smaller groups, you'll have people, a whole group of people that are walking with you in those life events that are happening, that are bringing you food to your house. You're not just waiting, well, the pastor didn't come see me. Well, it's not the pastor's job to see everybody. That's impossible. It's the body's job. What makes you feel better, that the pastor's the only one who came or that 15 people came who aren't getting paid? Come on. Amen. I'll move on. What about being the place where we have all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, all different testimonies, all different ages, and we all come together, and we all look different, and we're all coming together around one thing. We've all been saved by the same Jesus, by the same gospel. We have that in these groups. So we can see it. But a lot of people are like, can we do this type of group? Can we do this type of group? No, I don't really want to. I, I believe the kingdom of God looks multi-generational. And as young people, we need the older people. And believe it or not, the older people, you need some younger people. And we need everybody. We don't need to just keep secluding and separating everyone. We get together and we, we yeah, you might not like this. You prefer different things. You might dress a little different, whatever. But it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. We got to be able to provide that community better than drugs do. Amen? Amen. Romans 1, 12 would also say, Paul would say, I, I would come, I, I'm going to come to you that I would impart to you something. I encourage together with you by mutual faith, both you and me, the part before that. But he says that I would impart to you a gift, but he said that I would have mutual faith, both you and me. He's saying, I'm not just coming to give you something. Whenever we get together, I'm coming to also receive something from you guys. How humbling is that? It's not a place that you just come to give. It's also a place you come to receive, but you also have something to give. Amen? Not just where you just come to receive all the time, but you come and you bring an encouraging word. You pray with somebody that week. Small groups create an opportunity for you to actually learn how to pray with somebody out loud. I've been blown away by some people I figured out are still scared to death to pray with anybody out loud that were in their late 60s. Been in the church for 40 years but they were in the church on Sunday mornings for 40 years. But if you don't ever get in any type of setting where there's gonna be some laying on the hands of prayer outside of this, why would you ever learn how to do that? I mean, I can preach a million sermons about it on what you're supposed to do from here. It doesn't mean you're actually gonna have the opportunity to do it. You have an opportunity in these smaller settings to actually step out and pray for one another and step out of this places of fear in your life, things that could be holding you back, Amen. Secondly, we have accountability. Somebody say accountability. How many of you know you need accountability? I love, I think it was Chris Valentin or Bill Johnson, they say accountability isn't just for all the things you're doing wrong. Accountability is giving an account for your ability, for your way to, actually that you can do better than these things. Amen? That I'm inviting you into something better. And, and small groups create that that we would spur one another on. In Galatians um, 6, 1 and 2, like for some reason in the church, we have this idea that's not biblical that we're not supposed to judge. For the love of God, help me. Yeah, I hate to say it. Even like little Wayne has it tattooed on his, on his eyebrows. You know what it says? Fear God. Only God can judge me. You know what? You're right. And he will though. That's the other part of that. That's not just a cool saying. We get this idea, 
that we're not supposed to get in each other's business because that means we're being judgmental. That is not biblical. It's not from Jesus. And it actually is a thing to keep the church weak and immature. Well, we're not supposed to talk about it. I would actually say it's not just the pastor's job. It's the church's job. We got to get out of a place where the pastor is the only one talking to people about things in their life that need to change. It becomes, because why is it? The Bible says we become a family, right? So the Bible doesn't say that we shouldn't judge. Actually, it tells us how to judge. So let me give you an example of wrong judgment. You ready? Some guy walks in here with long hair and a Pink Floyd shirt on. You automatically think he smokes weed. That's a wrong judgment. Some guy walks in here smoking weed. And you say, oh, that guy's doing this. That's a, that's a judgment. You made a judgment by coming to this church. You made a decision. You weighed out the options and you, may, you judge whether or not you should come. There's a way to judge things rightly. You're going to judge what girl you should be with or what boy you should be with. You're going to make a judgment and you're going to make hopefully a good one. Amen? And so this idea that we're not supposed to hold each other accountable for our lifestyle is it crazy and not right and not correct and not biblical. Look at Ephesians, or excuse me, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if a man or woman is overtaken in any trespass, you know what that means? Sin. If there's any sin that's overtaken him, he's indulging in, it's controlling his life, you who are spiritual, a.k.a. the one who's not doing it as well, amen? How many of you know if you're watching pornography secretly, you're not supposed to talk to people about it publicly? The Bible doesn't say... It, it, we, we take verses way out of context. Well, first, remove the plank in your eye, brother. They got a log in your own eye. But if you keep reading, it says remove the plank and then go to your brother. It doesn't say never talk to him. It just says make sure you're not dealing with the same nonsense yourself and go in the right heart. How do you go to someone in the right heart? Such a one in a spirit of gentleness. This is how you are supposed to talk to people who are struggling with sin. They can tell that you love them, that you have compassion on them, that you're gentle with them. This is how we restore people who are falling away. And this is a command. He's not talking to pastors and just leadership here. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's saying this is the body's job. If someone is out off the deep end, considering yourself least to be tempted, he's saying, hey, you need to go to them. And go to them how? Hey, man, you need to fix it. Don't you know you're going to go to hell if you keep doing that, boy? Thank you. She said, no. I don't know if it was for me, but no, that's not the way to go. You go in a spirit of gentleness, with compassion. You notice that scripture would say when Jesus saw the crowd and he said they were like sheep without a shepherd, the, the Bible goes on to say he had compassion on them. He didn't see them, all them dirty sinners. They're all just going to go to hell. They need me. No, he says his heart, he was moved to compassion. Let me say this. Unless your heart is moved to compassion for someone struggling with things, you're not the one that needs to talk to them. Let me say it again. Unless your heart is truly broken over someone's life falling apart, you're not the one that needs to say a word. Because there won't be any power in it anyways. It'll just be condemning. It will only be condemning. And con condemnation doesn't work. Mm -mm. Here we go. Look at Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. This is my favorite. But speaking the truth in love. You notice it doesn't say be quiet and don't, don't say anything when people are struggling and in sin. It says speaking the truth in what? In love. What is love? Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is patient. Love is not self-seeking. Love does not boast. Love keeps no record of wrong. That's a big one, isn't it? May... Listen to this, in love, but we may grow up in all things into him. Remember, that's the whole goal of being a healthy home for the city we talked about a few weeks ago, that we would grow up into what? Into the mature man. How do you get mature, guys? It's gonna take some hard conversations, not just from pastors and leaders, but from brothers and sisters who say, you know, I love you so much to not let you just continue to throw your life away and indulge yourself in sin. And I'm gonna speak the truth in love. You know, how you, you know how you speak the truth out of love? Hey, you're fat, you need to lose weight. It could be true, but there's no love attached to that. Right? For so long we, we say things like that. Well, the truth hurts. No, you're just mean. 
And I'm sorry that someone actually else was mean to you probably, and you probably need to forgive them and let them go and stop. <laughs> we got generational curses. We got generational patterns and spirits on our life that you just need to stop being mean. Well, I just speak the truth. No, you're just condemning people without realizing it. And you're just making, and sometimes, you know what's sad to me? Sometimes that condemnation and shame actually gets people to stop, but then they just live in this condemnation and shame the rest of their life. And they can't actually give anybody anything that's healed or anything. And that's when you start thinking about just going to heaven or just going to hell. Well, I don't know about you. That's how I got saved. I got scared into, I got scared into heaven. Okay, well, if you're going to make it all about heaven, that's great. I'm not downplaying heaven. Some of you think, well, he's downplaying heaven. You're not listening. I'm saying that, you know, Jesus would talk about the gospel of the kingdom way more than he talked about going to heaven. He would talk about the kingdom of God is at hand. In order to have this kingdom of God at hand, to advance this kingdom, we gotta have right thinking. We gotta have freedom. We gotta know who he is as a father. And we gotta actually step into the mission of being the church and continuing his journey on the earth. We're not here just to go to churches on Sunday and stop cussing and stop drinking and one day get to heaven. We're here to impact the earth. How? By the gospel. How? By living it. People aren't, I love what Chris Valentin says. He says, people, you, you'll teach what you know, but you'll impart who you are. So you can't impart something you're actually not. You can talk about it, but it's not actually going to impart anything. So rather speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, which each party is, excuse me, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow. When we're all working properly, we're all tuned on the same thing. We're all growing up in the Lord. It makes the body grow. Amen. You know, the Lord began to speak to me as I was writing this. He said, Michael, there's, there's a difference between church growth and church expansion. Church growth is when, the, what is the church? It's the people. It's the saints. When the church grows, it's when you grow up into the Lord. The church expands when it adds a number. So there's a difference. So at church growth for too long has just been focused on more money and more seats in the door. It needs to be focused on the mature man, not more people. Because from the mature man, we'll actually get a hold of our Bibles, actually start to walk out the Great Commission, and we'll actually see the church expand. Because if you read at the end of Acts 2, 42 and 47, it says, and the Lord added to their number those daily being saved. Who added to the church? The Lord, Amen. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let me say this. Could it be that the part of your growth and maturity that you're waiting on getting to is actually on the other side of community and accountability? Could it be that that next step in your faith is actually waiting on you to get a little closer to the body and be accountable to some people for your life? One of my, my biggest pet peeves is hearing people say, well, it's just the way I am. Come on. Come on, Jesus is better than that. He's worth more than that. It's just the way I am. No, it's not just the way you are. It's just because stuff has happened to you. And we're not trying to downplay people's real life trauma and things that have happened. We're just saying that God can set you free and you can help get others free instead of just staying in it the rest of your life, waiting to get evacuated to, to heaven, you can actually love, joy, peace, patience. These things are available by his spirit now, self-control. We were at a, a small group a few years ago. It was like a marriage small group, and there was a few couples in there who weren't married and living together, but both a lot of them came off of drugs. They'd been together for 12, 15 years. I mean, just some peculiar situations right and we would get in these small groups in these settings and then somebody would bring it up well i won't say his name they're like well so man i don't know john still needs to get married real passive aggressive <laughs> that's not the truth in love but then we would have that talk and i remember one time he even said to the group man if y'all keep bringing that up i'm gonna stop coming and we said hey man we love you they recently got saved both him and his wife we said, man, we just love you. We, we know that we, we want God's best for you. 
And this is just a way for God to bless what you're doing. This is just the next step in your walk with Christ if you guys didn't get married. And guess what happened? They got married. And I did their wedding in that youth building, and they're still married today, serving their church, and doing awesome things. Why? Because I kept quiet because we're not supposed to judge? No, because I spoke the truth in love and said, hey, there's something you're missing out on. God's going to bless this covenant between you and your spouse. And he's going to pour out blessing even more on you and your family. Amen? So it happened, and it's awesome. They got to do their wedding. They're still serving the Lord. He's a deacon in his church. It's wonderful. It's awesome. But it took somebody actually saying the hard thing. In love. Somebody say in love. Amen. Last but not least, another thing it provides is a connection with a leader who really knows you personally. So I cannot know all of you in this room personally, and nor am I called to do so, like on a deep level. That's just impossible, especially as we grow. But for you to be known personally by leaders in our church, small groups create that opportunity for you to really be known, to know what's going on in your household, your kids' names, all of that. I don't even know some of my nieces and nephews' names. I ain't definitely going to learn all y'all's. <laughs> my brother's not helping me. He's got six kids, and I think she's pregnant right now. And I'm like, man, I don't even know. I'll just start saying Bible names. One of them will be right, I'm sure. But it gives you this opportunity to have a leader that really knows you, for you to find a sense of belonging with someone. Amen? Someone who's really going to care for you, know your name, know your spouse, know what's going on in your life, and be there for you. Amen? How many of you know you need that? We all need that. It's awesome. One of my favorite things, my favorite testimonies is hearing from people when they say, man, all these people in our church have been just love. And they don't even, it's like they don't even call me at all. It's like they don't even care. And I'm kind of like, well, I mean, I could come see you. Just kidding. But they're like, hey, we've had 10 people come to our house, and we've had so many people bringing us food. We have so many people loving on us. And I'm like, man, that's amazing. Because our church is going to continue to grow. There is a shift that's coming even greater to this church. And it's going to continue to grow and expand as well. And in order for us to keep the vision of the Lord, we have to prioritize smaller settings as well. Amen? It's a good thing. I, I, I pick up my buddy Byron for church on Sundays, and we and him usually sit in the car and just talk about life for 30, 45 minutes. And then we sit and just have conversations, me and Ben, just over some coffee for an hour. We do some, why? Because there's stuff that happens in those meetings that aren't happening in this room that are so important, actually. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? So even if you don't sign up for small groups, which you should in Jesus' name. By the way, my small group is here at the church. It's the only one that has a curriculum so we're going to be doing like a study. You're going to be answering questions. You're going to have a little homework. There's videos we're watching. All the rest of the groups are home groups. Um, and they're going to be, besides Jeremy and Danielle's, they'll be here at the church as well. But they're going to be around food, community, and then going over Sunday's message, praying for one another. My group's going to be a little more some like homework, kind of like our freedom. So if you're not interested in that, then go to the other groups. It'd be awesome. But if you want to go a little deeper and have a curriculum and dive into more of a Bible study, that's what my group will be here at the church. Um, can we just close our eyes? Prayer team, would you come? Thank you, Lord. I just that scripture keeps coming to mind that his, some of you might be thinking, man, I'm scared to death to go to a group. I'm scared to death to get in a smaller setting. I just feel the Lord saying that, that scripture says that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. So when you are weak, then you are strong. I believe the Lord is calling some people to be brave this morning and trust on him to hold you, to protect you, to love you, and walk this out. So, Father, I just want to pray for you guys. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you would just speak to your people 
like you already have this morning, just this revelation of, man, I need friends. I need accountability. I need, I need family. I need something more out of this. I know I do. I pray, Lord, they would humbly receive this morning, God, to step into more. Jesus, we love you. For all those who are scared, those who are struggling, those who are like, man, this is hard. I don't know. Lord, I just pray the peace that surpasses understanding would just come in this room. That these are good things. And you're inviting us into a healthier place. All of us, not just church members, but me, my family, our leadership, everybody. We all need accountability and friendships and community. We love you, Jesus. And we're going to do something else. With every eyes closed, just for a moment. If you're in this room this morning, you can say, man, I, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus at all. Or maybe you've been running away from God for many years, and you're like, man, I need salvation. I need to be born again. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins, and I believe he rose from the grave. It's, if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand right now. I need salvation. I just want to, I don't want to miss a moment for anybody to get saved. I see that hand. I see another hand. And I'm going to have y'all do something bold here in a second. Anybody else? Anybody else? I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior in this house. Anyone else in this room? Praise the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to do something bold. If you raised your hand, I want you to come down front and meet with one of our prayer team. You can get out of your seat right now. Come on, don't be ashamed. If you, if you have somebody that came with you, ask them to go with you. Come on, can we give it up for them, guys, once they're coming? Thank you, Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. It's a walk of victory. Some people think, well, do I have to? I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying sometimes there's, there's a faith that gets activated when you put some steps to it. If you're before you go, please come to the front and pray with one of our leaders. We love you so much. We'd love to pray with you, give you a new believer's book before you leave. If you need prayer for anything else, if you need healing in your body, if you need just somebody to partner with you, you're going through a rough season, we have a great prayer team that would love to partner with you. Do me a favor and look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need prayer? Say, I'll go with you. All right. Bless you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your people. Bless these families. Bless these groups as they go and sign up in the foyer. Bless the community. Bless the freedom that's coming, Lord. Have your way in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. Bless you guys. Dream Team Celebration, 6 o'clock tonight. If you need prayer before you go, please come down. Hey, be friendly on your way out as well. Shake some hands. Invite somebody to lunch. Have a good week.